Ahoy hoy! Welcome in, welcome in. This is Instant Analysis. I wanted to hop on and run down what I took away from the preseason action for each team. And this won't be uh, your sports talk radio segment kind of stuff. We're going to hit these teams with a really strong filter and just take what we can as we go along in the preseason. So we really got to read the tea leaves uh, pretty carefully here. But there really is actionable information for fantasy that can be had uh, during these fake games though. And so we're going to try and mine it. A one. Like Lennon said. And a two. Look for the person who will benefit and, uh... And, uh... And by gum it, put them on the map. Uh, you know. He happened to be a finely tuned athletic machine. Perhaps I'm being too hasty. You are highly skilled. You know, you'll, uh, uh... They're the little Lebowski urban achievers. Don't tell anyone, but, uh... The bums will always lose! But they're they, they finely tuned athletic machines. It's all fake, man. And some teams, especially early on in the preseason, I just want to get a feel for what their systems are looking like, what they're implementing, and build a little bit of a foundation to form our opinions on. Tonight, I just finished the Buccaneers game. Their first preseason game was also Bruce Arians' first with Tampa Bay. His return to his former home in Pittsburgh was one of my highest priorities to watch, for sure, going into this first week. I want to see the pace of Tampa Bay's offense. I want to see the running backs. I want to see the usage for the running backs in the passing game. I'll definitely hit on that. At the end, it is my uh, biggest takeaway. And Mike Evans was the only starter not dressed on the offense. But I still wanted to see if OJ Howard and Chris Godwin were used in the red zone. And I was really pumped to see Bruce Arians go Jameis through the sky with diamonds. And yeah, I also want to see the battle of the Devin linebackers for sure. But don't worry, I'm not going to IDP all over you guys. Uh, that came out wrong. <laughs> Let's go, though. Uh, Buccaneers starters. They played one series, one spectacular series, versus most of the Steelers' first-team defense. Jameis Winston went 5-6 of six for 39 yards and a touchdown, and he had a nice run for a first down. Winston really had a great escape on that play. He went to the left, didn't throw across his body like he's been one to do. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Chris Goblin looked like a wide receiver one out there. <laughs> he had a designed out route on a third and short early in the game. And they had Peyton Barber in there, but I expect Tampa Bay throws more than most teams would when the box is loaded with defenders in short yard situations this year. And the Buccaneers' perfect 12-play drive by the uh, starting group was capped off by a Godwin touchdown. It was a little screen pass, not unlike uh, those plays the Steelers run in the red zone. And so Chris Godwin really, uh, really looked the part out there. O.J. Howard didn't see a target, (laughs) but that's a good thing, I think. I think they should continue to see what they have behind them, uh, as I'll touch on a bit. And I'm pretty sure when Jameis is eating W's this year, he'll be uh, washing it down with some O.J.'s for show. (laughs) Uh, Starters, Brashad Perryman. I know. (sighs) I know. But he was involved in two of the first four plays, filling in for Mike Evans. He had a 12-yard reception. He had the first catch of the game, and Jameis uh, just overthrew a deep ball that would have been a, a big bomb shot touchdown. Jameis probably thought he was Deshaun Jackson out there from last preseason, right? And let's hit the uh, starting running back. So the running backs looked really good, actually. Given the offensive line and play calling, they definitely exceeded my expectations in this game. Peyton Barber got the first four touches on offense. He had a good little jump cut on one of his runs. He had three rushes for 18 yards. He caught his only target in the game. And then he took a seat for the night after that first series. I'll be the first to admit, Ronald Jones, he looked fresh. Returned the opening kickoff of the night, which surprised me. Wasn't a very good one. (laughs) And he, uh, his first play came halfway through the drive with the starters. His first play was a screen pass and he didn't look great on it. He went down pretty easily. He made nobody miss on the play. But his next two touches were rushes. 
And Ronald Jones had really good bursts. Both plays, he exploded through a hole with her decent gains. He collided with fellow sophomore Terrell, uh, Terrell Edmonds real good on one of them. And he started the second series as well, but don't, I wouldn't read too much into that. It's actually probably more of a negative than a positive as Peyton Barber sat down with the starters uh, alongside Jameis Godwin and OJ Howard, while Ronald Jones continued to play with the backups there for one more series. But overall, he looked good, so long as Devin Bush wasn't right there. <laughs> But he held his own versus uh, Steelers defense who, you know, left their Steelers on the field versus the Tampa Bay twos and shape up to be a pretty strong defense against the run this year. And he really, Ronald Jones just really looked way more determined as a runner, especially his acceleration and burst, like I was saying. And it's really a night and day comparison from last preseason when he couldn't even tie his cleats or, you know, show commitment to the sport for that matter. And let's transition to the backups. I'll hit the running backs first. They were a bit underused. <laughs> Definitely Bruce Anderson. Uh, I thought it was funny because I, I swear I wrote down that he had his first carry with only six minutes left in the game, but I, I didn't see it on the box score. I must have missed a penalty or something. Uh, so yeah, Bruce Anderson, no carries. So Andre Ellington, he was the first running back to come in among those players. Arians loves his veteran running backs. He played ahead of Dare. He played ahead of Bruce Anderson, obviously. Uh, and Andre Ellington had four carries for nine yards, caught his only target for six yards. And the next guy is the guy I got to touch on quickly here. Dare Ogunbowale. Uh, he had 10 rushes for 24 yards and two touchdowns, including a 10-yard plunge. And we just talked him up on the True North Fantasy Football podcast. We wanted to touch on him because he's been getting a, a little bit of pub out of camp there. Uh, he looked okay. I would have really liked to see him uh, have some usage in the passing game. He's a UDFA out of Wisconsin. He's been in the NFL for two seasons already, so no shame if you haven't heard of this guy. He actually profiles what Matt Kelly coined uh, like a satellite back plus. He has decent size and he was talked up by Arians about blitz pickups and moved quickly ahead of Bruce Anderson in camp. And Dari Ogunbowale also had an 85th percentile college target market share, which is why I wanted to see, you know, him get a target or five for that matter, considering they threw the ball 53 times. And while I was reading up on this guy, his sister is actually a pro athlete. She's a NBA, uh, WNBA player, and she hit a you know a famous buzzer beater in the Final Four for uh, Notre Dame. And moving on, I'm really excited to hit the ancillary wide receivers. I'm as excited to hit these ancillary wide receivers as these quarterbacks were to hit these wide receivers against the Steelers. <laughs> Um, anyways, Justin Watson out of Penn State is a longtime sleeper of mine. He has upside. He's 6'3 with speed. In game one year, he almost had a huge touchdown, but Tremaine Edmonds made a crazy recovery to smash the ball out of the end zone. <laughs> uh, so Justin Watson had seven targets, four catches, 37 yards. But he was moved around the formation, and the third series started with him in pre-snap motion for back-to-back -back plays. You know, if we see him burn zone coverage and beat other players deep, like he did with Steelers' Tremaine Edmonds, this kid's really going to be on the fantasy map in 2019, I'm telling you. And stick him in the backups, I'll pivot here to the quarterback. Um, Jameis Winston shareholders like myself don't really want a good quarterback at Bruce Arians' disposal. Uh, but unfortunately, Ryan Griffin came in and lit the lamp, man. Uh, he went 26 for 43, 333 yards, touchdown. He came in as the third quarterback. I think he definitely stole the quarterback two job immediately from Lame Gabbert. And yeah, he really looked great. He led wide receivers and tight ends. He was throwing them open constantly. And, you know, it should be interesting to see him in game two. I want to see if he's the first uh, quarterback off the bench there. And moving on from Ryan Griffin, I want to hit the sleepers and deep sleepers, the fantasy football non-REMs and the fantasy football REMs here. <laughs> I hope at least someone got that one. Uh, Spencer Schnell, man, you know, take note because I may be hyperbolic and over-enthused with football back in my grill here, but... 
Yeah, he looks super good. If we see four wide receiver sets next week, count this kid in. Spencer Schnell, really, really small though. Uh, he's 5'8", 180. He's out of Illinois State. So it would be an aberration if he became a made stay in the NFL. But I always like following these small school guys trying to carve out like unique paths. And yeah, I'm telling you, you look like a miniature Adam Thielen out there tonight. He is a white dude, by the way. <laughs> but he had separation every time he was targeted and caught everything thrown his way. He broke a couple tackles, both arm tackles and guys going low at him and showed some yard after the carry ability. And we know it was the Steelers backups and even players who aren't NFL caliber deep into the game there. And versus the Steelers second team defense, he went for 119 on seven receptions. So I am interested in this kid, whereas uh, the last guy I'll hit here, not so much. Tight end Tanner Hudson showed out really, really good. He had nine targets, seven receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. He's six foot five, uh, but he does weigh under 240 pounds, so he's definitely a move tight end. So, you know, only usable for fantasy if he is really, really good. Uh, is the only way you'll see a ton of playing time. And, you know, he actually does have decent metrics coming out of Southern Arkansas, but I couldn't find any athletic testing metrics on him. It was kind of weird. Uh, and he didn't blaze or anything out there from what I saw in this one game. I was surprised to see he was sub 240 pounds, actually. It is in the range of outcomes, though, that he passes Cam Braid on the depth chart, a low percentage, but there's a chance that if he plays this well all preseason that uh, he could surpass Cam Braid. And he looks smooth out there. He turned up field when he caught the ball a few times, but, you know, I'm, I'm really not reading too much into this performance. In fact, it could be a signal that starting tight ends against the Steelers uh, will be an easy, uh, easy play again in 2019 for fantasy. Couple other quick notes, Buccaneers uh, really couldn't convert on any two-point conversions that were drawn up. Usually that's a pretty schematic concept, so it's kind of interesting with Bruce Arians there. And you know, both running backs really exceeded expectation. We would have liked to see a lot more of all their running backs, in fact. And you know, my big points here will just be that we really need to be diligent AF with Bucks in preseason here. We really need to put them under the microscope. They have 38% of their passing volume available with Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys leaving in free agency. That's the fourth most in the NFL. They also have the fifth most uh, red zone targets available. And, you know, I really feel with uh, Arians now married to Jameis, it's like the risk at the biscuit coach is paired to the risk at the biscuit quarterback version. So I think this offense may support several fantasy options, even beyond the obvious ones, not unlike last season. And to finish off here, my big takeaway from game one, the Buccaneers had 53 pass attempts to their 22 rushing attempts. That's a 71% pass to rush ratio. And of those 53 passing attempts, only three went to the running back. That's a 6% team running back target share. And I don't read too much into preseason stats like these, but, you know, formations, pace, pass-heavy tendencies, and running backs in Tampa Bay having limitations in the passing game are really all assumptions that True North has been operating under since Bruce Arians' hiring. And that's all for the Bucks. I'll be back with more teams tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at TNFFTyrell. Thanks to Travis Seal for the outlet and the hard work he does. Follow mine and Travis's work on TrueNorthFFB.com. And thanks for having me, and as Neil Young said it, keep on rocking in the free world.